Everybody. My name is Coach Jody. I am a CrossFit affiliate owner in Tampa Bay with a background in entrepreneurialism, business, marketing, and all things CrossFit and fitness training. And I'm Jenna. I am an ER nurse with a bachelor's in both exercise science and nursing and soon to be CrossFit coach. Yes. We're very excited. Welcome to the show. This is Pretty, Pretty Gritty. Woo. Let's talk about Andrew. Yeah. All right. So tell us, tell us about baby Andrew. Like when we were, you know, struggling with stuff, getting all of this. How did you get into that stuff? How did you get out of it? And what led you to being a business owner in the third fastest growing city in the U.S.? Okay. Like that's that's pretty wild. That's a huge accomplishment. So I grew up in a Dominican household. Both my parents are immigrants from the Dominican Republic. And it was a Christian household. So I was always going to church. Um, when third grade through fifth grade, I was actually homeschooled. So even though it was all right, you know, I definitely missed having friends. And I wanted to be around more people. And I did want to be homeschooled at first because my piano teacher... Her daughters were homeschooled, and I was like, oh, I want to be home. But then I missed kids, and then it was like my mom was doing her own stuff. She would, like, do medical transcriptions, uh, call center stuff, all from home so she could be with me, homeschool me. Then by sixth grade, I went to a really strict Christian school that I don't know how I got into because we couldn't afford it, so I think it was some sort of scholarship. But that was still a really small school, and if I felt really out of place, and I didn't know why, but it was basically because all the kids were really rich, and like I wasn't and I didn't really think of it like that back then but there was no relation I couldn't relate to these people at all they make fun of me um you know just for like being different like instead of I'm Dominican I'm like one of the only Spanish people in the school they call me Mexican and like oh goodness yeah it, it, it's just weird and I didn't think it was weird because like growing up and if anything if my parents told us that someone was hurting you or something like they might be going through something or like, you know, don't take it personal. Yeah, you, hurt people you, hurt people. Yeah, so I was like, whatever, they're just joking. I can take a joke. And it still felt really weird being there because I felt very isolated, even with some people around because I felt so different from them. And it was very strict. So it was like we were scared to laugh type of things, you know. So that was important because I was sitting in that school. It's super hard. I swear seventh and eighth grade were harder than college in high school. Like I was doing really hard stuff and it was like, you're scared to get a B and you know, so, and I did it. Like I had A's and B's, you know, if I got C's, I get like grounded and like all I really had that was fun was video games. So I'm not trying to lose them. I would yeah. skateboard. So by the time I'm 13, I got a job at the church playing piano and I had was this a paid job? Yeah. Okay. So I had already done piano, like, offerings to the church, you know, like, communion or once a month or something for free since I was, like, eight or nine. Mm -hmm. But they had their regular pianist. And this is actually really important because when the pianist left, I was 13, I had already started playing piano for them maybe once a month. Just, like, once a month I play one song or something, you know, like, mm -hmm. oh, here's a, a child. Like a special music. Yeah, here's yeah. a child of the congregation. And, we, you know. Yeah. And... I remember when 
I was like, I'll play. Or like someone asked me, either way, it was completely mutual. Like, yeah, I'll, do, I'll be the pianist, whatever. They're like, well, okay, but you got to come to practice. You know, that's every Tuesday or Thursday. You got to be here on, at 9 a.m. on Sunday. And I didn't think about getting paid. I didn't know that was an option. One, I knew I was a kid. Two, I never got paid for playing piano before. And so like, I, mom's talking about, oh, you give the, your talent back to God, all that stuff. So I, mm -hmm. I was like, okay. And the music pastor was like, hey, I just want you to know like, we got your back and you're gonna get paid $80 every two weeks. We were paying the last pianist. And just cause you're a kid, doesn't mean you don't get to get paid. You're doing just as much as the last person was. So remember that. I remember that. Like they taught yeah, that's, me. That's really important. So that was 13. And like, I, I took the Christianity stuff seri more serious when I was younger, mm -hmm. mostly out of fear and also not getting what it was about. So I was just really happy to do that. And now I had my own money coming in every two weeks. And I felt better being able to go out and not ask my parents for money because I knew they were like, it was tight. Mm -hmm. I would be able to save up, get my own video games. Um, you know, if I'm out with someone, we could eat. It was mm -hmm. cool. So I did that all the way up until I was 18, which was wild. So all of high school. Um, in ninth grade, I'm still at the Christian school. And by ninth grade, there was only two other people in my class. So the whole, all the ninth graders in the school, there's three of us. So one, me, and two other people. Mm -hmm. That's how small the school was. It was a K through 12, and there was only 100 kids. And most of them were K through six. So seven through 12th was barely anyone, and it was just really, like, weird. It was really weird. And I knew I was sheltered. I felt so sheltered. I was like, this is not normal. I would be in class, like, daydreaming about getting to go to a normal school. My friend Julian, who you've probably met, I've known him mm -hmm. since I was three, he, he would tell me about all this stuff, and I was like, school sounds so fun. <laughs> Like, you guys have all these crazy stories to tell. Everyone's doing whatever they want. Like, you guys are having fun. I'm over here in a uniform, tucked in shirt, dress shoes, like, you know, working really hard. Mm -hmm. And I didn't like it. I finally was able to leave after ninth grade. Mom got me into a charter school, uh, Brooks to Barlow. Mm -hmm. So there's still a uniform, but it's way more lax. And now there's like 500 kids and it's high school or like a thousand, I don't know, it was bigger. And I was like, whoa, I could meet people. So 10th grade, I was in a new school now and I'm meeting people, but also between 9th and 10th grade, I finally started going out and my dad kind of had my back, but I would just leave the house, skateboard somewhere, and I started meeting people around, like my age. Like I met my friend Simone, I met Safe, Ade, Josh, Roman. So I had all these friends that we didn't all go, we, none of us went to the same school. Cool enough is when I was at Brooks, or Brooks to Barlow, that's actually where Safe was. Simone ended up going there too. And we met before Brooks. She was going to Tampa Prep. So it was crazy that we were just like, yo, like we were skating together. Like that that's awesome. Wild. They're like my best friends. Simone's actually the first self-made millionaire I know. And like, Whoa. I'll come back to that because we were put down so much in high school that we both are really humble and are used to people not taking us serious. So when she told me that, I was like, we really need to like change how we talk to ourselves. Because we always knew we were smart, but we were always doing stuff that people didn't like. So in 10th grade, I'm at the new school. And I, you know, I'm ready. I want to blend in. I want to make friends. I want to be myself, but I also don't know how to act. I don't know. I don't pick up on social cues. I don't know, you know. And, it, and it's not because of any reason. I, I'm not picking up on social cues because I just was so sheltered. So mm -hmm. it felt good to be out. I meet people. Some people have cars. We're able to go do more. And we start smoking more. So we're smoking weed. And I'm 
free. I feel free for all intents and purposes. Like, okay, I can do whatever I want. I can get consequences. I'll get in trouble sometimes in like 10th grade, but nothing too serious, you know. And that was cool. So then that summer, we're actually, no, in 10th grade. So towards the end of 10th grade, I was stealing a lot. I would steal from like Walmart, Kmart, Target. I could never steal from people, though I knew people that were doing that. And that was always like, no. I couldn't steal someone's phone, bro. I would feel so bad if I stole someone's bike. So you were almost like the corporate Robin Hood. I was definitely... No, that was, and you got to justify it to be comfortable yeah. doing it. That was no, the justification. This is a big company. So we're stealing candy. We're stealing something. And it was really like, I only have so much money and I'd rather save it for something else. I don't want to ask my parents and I want to get it myself. And if the only way I can get it right now is by stealing, so be it. I'm going to steal. And so we got really good at that. And I don't know if it was kleptomaniac or something. I don't know if it was that level. But it was fun, and we didn't really need to do it. Like, towards the end, it was like I would steal, like, a portable charger, headphones, something that was electronic but, like, not locked, and then Mm -hmm. sell it at school. Oh, you were flipping it. So we were doing that. Well, hustler. And then, (laughs) yeah, yeah. But so, okay, I just made 15 bucks. A gram of weed is $10. We're 15. A gram of weed is, like, mind-blowing to us. And it's like, you know, we're smoking, but I wouldn't even really say we were getting intoxicated and stuff because we're so young. It's so little. And really, it was always like, oh, wow, we got that today. But that there were plenty of days where we didn't have that. It mm-hmm. was fun to go out and be free, skateboard. We leave our parents' house. They don't like it. But once we're out of the house, they can't really do anything and would deal with it when we come back home. So we were used to that. But I got caught stealing at the university mall, which is so ghetto. Of all places. Of all places. <laughs> And I was by myself. I got caught stealing there. And what's going to be now the new Uptown project, but yeah. I digress. They, um, I was doing it like I do slick. I was trying to walk out and they pulled me back in because I had my headphones in. So I was acting like I was just walking through. So I didn't hear them coming up and I didn't know the law that like they can't do that. So when they got me, I kind of just gave up at that point. I didn't run away because they had my stuff. And I was like, I don't know how this is going to work if I run and make it worse. So like, whatever, I'm going to just go through it. But I had weed on me, and I was really scared about that. I had weed and a bubbler, like a little pipe, you know. Mm -hmm. So I was like, oh, shit. They took me to the back of the store, and they were just going to trespass me because they searched me, took the stolen materials back, and just trespassed me. Get out of here, kid. And then some reason, they were like, let's search it again. And they found my weed, and they're like, damn, we got to arrest you now. So they arrested me and put me in the handcuffs, took my weed and bubbler, and drove me to the detention center. So now I'm in the detention center, I don't know, like a few hours, no more than like six, you know, just like the holding cell. I wasn't in a cell cell, but like mm-hmm. the holding place. They got the the drug videos on the TV. Yeah. Don't do heroin. I'm like, bro, I do not belong here. But OK, I won't do heroin. So <laughs> I get out and I don't know what's going to happen. I get out and basically I just know I have to go to court eventually. And that was right before I turned 16. Two weeks after I turned 16, I got arrested again. Because I know, I know, because I was with some friends and we would go to abandoned houses like the back of them. We like we had broken in once or twice where it was like open. But this time we were just like, oh, we can just go behind this house because it was like kind of woodsy and smoke back there. That's cool. It's fun. We're in a house or we're by a house. Ooh. Well, so when we pulled up, I guess the neighbors called the cops because recently that house had been broken into. Mm -hmm. So they thought we were coming back and we're at like the end of a cul-de-sac, like a U. So when we walk out, boom, we get surrounded. You would think we like 
were terrorists or something. Oh, no. We get surrounded by like six cop cars. I have the weed again. And I was actually happy too because my friends that were with me, really good kids, and they didn't, they were freaking out. And I was like, I already been through this, so like, I'm glad I have the weed. That time the cop just detained me. My dad picked me up, but I still got the detainment. So that just made my court time longer. So now in the summer between 10th and 11th grade, I'm in juvenile probation. And I'm in juvenile probation now all the way until after I turned 17. So that was weird because now I'm labeled a criminal. And I already, like, you know, my parents are upset or, like, disappointed, especially my mom. My dad kind of gets it, but, like, he has to show face for mom. So I'm like, wow, I got arrested. Like, I was dumb enough to get arrested uh, twice. Twice? Like, two weeks apart. Bro, I know. And they even <laughs> said something. Because when I went to the detention center, the lady looked at my, my permit or I gave her my address. And she was like, oh, happy early birthday. I was like, bro, why would you what? say that to a kid, bro? This is traumatic. What? So, you know, they take off your shoelaces. They take your shoes. Wow, I forgot all of this. Yeah, they take off your belt. Like, you can't have anything in there. Like, my yeah. pants are, like, sagging. My shoes are loose without shoelaces. <laughs> and then there's a video that's on Louvre. Like, don't do heroin. Don't do meth. Then, like, other stuff I'd never done ever, even now. Probably not even thought about it no. until that moment. So, okay, but, you know, that there's no record or anything. When I go back to school. Yeah, well, because as a minor, it's sealed. When I go back to school, I think the school gets notified when you get arrested. So the people, the school knows that. But I was on honor roll. And, like, I've always been respectful. I like respecting people. I like being respected. And I like teachers. Like, I like math. I like school. And I was like, I want to be here, but please, like, I don't want to go back to not having friends. I don't want to be weird and sheltered. Like, I want to be around people. So I'm on honor roll. My teachers stand up for me. My, my friends stand up for me. Homecoming is in like October, so at the beginning of the year, October or November. Um, I go with my friends, and one of my friends, she's a, she was a freshman, a year younger than me, or a sophomore, I was a junior. She was drunk, and she got escorted out because she's obviously drunk. And that's super embarrassing, and that's like my homie, still to this day, a self-made millionaire. Mm-hmm. Like, we're at a new school, she's the younger girl, like, that's embarrassing, and I'm with her and my other friends. So we, me and my other friend both went out with her. And the cop was like, oh, you guys are drunk too. And I literally was not. I was not drunk. And he did the eye test where you follow the finger. But I have astigmatism. So I don't know what that looks like but because I can't see my eyes in the mirror like that. But I don't think I can focus my eyes. So he was like, see, he's drunk. So my other friend was the driver. She was also not drunk. They wouldn't let her drive, even though we were not drunk because mm-hmm. our younger friend was. So all our parents have to come. And my dad comes, thank God. And they were like, oh, yeah, your son's drunk. And I was like, dad, I'm not. Because when I got arrested before, I was honest. I was like, okay, yeah, I got weed on me, dad. So even though, like, in a sense, you broke his trust because you broke the law, he knew that if you did it, you would come. Okay, so they asked, they tell my dad, like, oh, he's drunk. And I'm like, no, dad, I was honest before. Like, I'm not drunk. They wouldn't breathalyze me. They didn't have a breathalyzer. And they said, oh, sir, if we breathalyze him and he he fails, we're going to arrest him. And we were like, bet. And they didn't. So we just went home. And then on Monday, I come into school, and I'm in class, like, okay, boom, I got to go to the office. I sit in there by myself in a room for, like, four hours. They don't tell me anything. And then they're like, yeah, your dad's here. You got to go. And I'm gone. So I'm suspended. And that was, like, the last day I was in school. I didn't go to class again in that school. I'm suspended now for five days or so. I don't go to school. I don't go to alternative school. 
I'm just like chilling. But all my friends are in school, so I was like bored. I would go out on the street, I'd go like bike somewhere, but like I was like, damn, bro, how did this happen? I wasn't even drunk. Yeah. And you really got set up. They knew they knew I was on juvenile probation. Also, I will say I came into school every day with a tie dye uh, tie dye backpack. I would wear a tie dye bandana until they told me to take it off. And everyone knew I was a stoner. But I was like, look, I do good in school. I care. Like, I just smoke. And I don't want to, like, censor that. Like, I'm not doing it here. And, I, like, if they would ask me, I'd be like, I do. You know, I'm not going to lie. Like, I do. I, I don't have any weed on me. You can't do anything about that. Mm-hmm. So they did not like that. I was kind of challenging that, like, status quo where I was literally helping kids in class. Hassan, who comes in here, I helped him past 10th grade. Like, I love doing that. I would – one of my teachers from that school – Years later, would frequent the restaurant I worked at. She was best friends with my manager. And she actually had told my manager about me before I ever worked at that restaurant in Anise. And she was like, this kid is a genius. Like, and she would say that about me. And she would say, bro, y'all were so slick. You guys thought you would come in high and no one would notice. But like, you guys actually did school. There were times in her math class where she was trying to explain something. I would get it. And like, homeboy next to me wouldn't. And they're asking questions, and I'm explaining. And she's like, you want to come up? And I'd be like, hell yeah. So it'd be like 8 in the morning. I'm high as hell. <laughs> at the whiteboard in front of the whole class. Hey, okay, you're going to do this. Then you cut X, and you drag it there. And then they like, whoa. So she was like, fuck yeah, dude. Good job. She yeah. smokes. She smoked. And, like, you know, she, was, she yeah. was a younger teacher, but she got it. And she was like, you actually cared about school, and everyone could see that. You cared about us. You didn't, like, hurt nobody. So find out later that the uh, the there was other girls unrelated to my group that were caught with alcohol that night that were caught with like a water bottle of vodka they were all allowed back and everyone knew it and everyone was like whoa so i was like damn the school didn't believe me because i'm already labeled a criminal for smoking weed from before and now i'm on juvenile probation they don't want me in this school my parents got me in the school, like donated money to the school. And I li- wrote to the principal, I want to be here. I like my friends. I love my teachers. I want a good education, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm in juvenile probation. I'm not hiding that. I've been passing my drug test. I've been doing all this. So like, what, like, isn't that what you want? Mm-hmm. You know? So whatever, I end up going to King. Simone ends up going to King. And get this, Safe ends up going to King because he's Muslim. And like, he had to do some trip some religious trip and he missed the first week of school and if you miss the first week they don't let you come back this school is weird it's a charter school so to our surprise all three of us are back together and we're like this is awesome now i'm out of school right down the street from my house with people in the same social class as me but it was also very diverse we also had the ib program so we had kids from like new tampa and we literally had like all social classes, all races, all cultures. And that's what I wanted because I was so sheltered in that Christian school. So now I'm at the ghetto high school, but I don't even think it's ghetto. I just think it's not super white. Like, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like it was so much different culture that it's kind of hard to contain that you, when you have so many different types of people. So now I'm in jazz, man. I'm an orchestra. I'm with kids like me. We bike to school. I'm biking anywhere. And I see kids from school because like we don't have cars, you know. Mm-hmm. And I loved it. Everyone was like, you're tripping because I show up in the middle of 11th grade to a new high school. And like, I'm trying to be friendly, you know, so I make friends with everyone. And I'm like, bro, this is not that bad, y'all. We are doing whatever we want. This is so fun. I took easy classes, got my first girlfriend, you know, like good times. 
I would still get in trouble there sometimes with like doing drugs or like skipping and stuff. But the teachers actually care and they're like, look, dude, you know, you just got to do this. We get it. Some of my teachers have visited here already. So I'm now in school and it's cool. I'm not on probation anymore. I know I'm going to graduate. And I remember telling my high school counselor, I'm not going to go to college because I've already been working and I don't want, I can't afford it. Uh, my parents can afford it and I don't want to get in student loan debt. Mm-hmm. I can work. You know, my parents own a daycare. I can, I can figure it out. I don't know what that lady did because that summer I got a letter saying I was given the HCC Honors Scholarship, the Hillsborough Community College Honors Scholarship. Wow. So now my college is free. So I'm like, word? So I go. <laughs> I move out pretty much after I graduate right away. And like at that point now, I'm 17, 18. I'm making more money. I have two Papa John's and the piano job. I have a girlfriend. I'm practically living with her because her dad was always out of town. So I was like staying the night at their place. And I didn't even have to lie to my parents. My mom was happy that she wasn't alone. They loved each other. So I was like, I'm a grown ass man, bro. Like, you know, at that point, I was still. How old are you at this point? 17, 18. 17, So I also, again, I care about respect. My mom did not like drugs. She did not like weed. And I get that. I never tried to change her opinion. I couldn't handle, I couldn't believe when it was mostly like girls that would say this. I never really heard guys say this. But, like, I knew girls that were real deal called their moms a bitch because they didn't want them smoking. And I was like, okay, like, hold on, right? That's wild. You never gonna catch me saying that shit. That's crazy. My mom doesn't like weed. Okay. I like weed. She well, trying. Like, it's her house, her rules. That's right? it. So That's I it. started helping with the bills a little bit just to be like, look, you know, I'm making money. I'd give her like 100 bucks a month or something because I wanted to be responsible. I wanted to be on my own from like 15. So I was like, this is what I'm doing. Like, I'm in your house. You know, we don't really agree on a lot of stuff, so I'm gonna at least help out. So I move out as soon as I can, and I'm living in a two-story house with like 10 other people in the hood, Columbus, Nebraska. And now I'm on my scholarship. So, and it was cool, even in the hood, like it was so supportive, like, good job, man. Like, you know, go to school, hell yeah. Like, and that was really cool, seeing people that were actually like real with me. And while I was there, my relationship got more like toxic, violent there was a lot of just really bad stuff in that area but i was still doing school and working now i'm working at a restaurant where i'm the youngest there everyone is over 20 i'm 18 and it's a small local business called anise global gastro bar and the owners were legendary in the area and they treated me with so much respect i was the host i was the first person anyone meets when they walk in the restaurant just out of curiosity does this restaurant still exist so no they closed they were open about seven eight years and i was there the last two or three okay so i was just curious yeah it was cool because the owners let me be myself i didn't have to change how i spoke whereas at the christian school i had to basically talk super american or like super proper there it was like part of the charm it's like nah you be you man and if anyone ever gave me trouble beautiful it really was because i what like i had already gotten so much shit from people above me like the principal and stuff Oh, you do this, you do that. So I was like, whoa, and they're really nice people. They're successful. Everyone that comes in here loves it, and it's like a legendary spot. It, on certain nights, it would be really bougie. We'd have people from the Strauss Center. Other nights, it's like the most Tampa, like ratchet, rap show place. And I learned a lot about respect because anyone messed with the staff, and they were on it, and, they were, and anyone that messed with anyone was gone. Like everyone, you had to be respectful. And it was... When the owners or the manager would stand up for someone, it could get ugly. And everyone knew, like, it was deserved, you know? Like, you don't mess with us. 
You know, we're doing, we're putting our hearts out. We're trying to do a, a good job and make a good business. So anyone that messed with us, like, it just was ugly. No one wanted to see that. And that stuck with me too. Like, okay, they stood up for me, you know, and they're cool people. So then I got to work at Ocean Prime and well, still, while I was at a niece, because of my parents' income, even though I was on my own, I got FAFSA. So I was able to get financial aid. So with financial aid, my tuition's paid off, my books are paid off. So now my rent is only like $200 because I'm living with so many people. I make that in a few days. So that's how I learned crypto. And now I'm getting a few extra thousand dollars a semester to play with. So it's like, okay, I put a thousand dollars in and now I have 4,000. I don't really know or care how it works. Let's go to Puerto Rico. I would go on like a trip or I would do something fun because again, I was sheltered. I was trying to go see stuff. So the crypto, I, I feel like a lot of it, I got lucky and I was consistent. I lost a lot, but overall I won, I think like, you know, end result. But I just had, I wasn't too attached to money because I knew I could make it again. Mm-hmm. And that's very Jay-Z. I think it's Jay-Z. That's like money comes flows. in. It comes, like if you, it flows. if you spend it, go make more. Exactly. And it <laughs> like was like, that's very like a, that's a very like Jay-Z principle. <laughs> I had everything already taken from me multiple times where I kind of have to start all over from scratch. So like, I know I could do it again. Like, you know, I'm at and a... there's power in that. Yeah, I'm at a school where I like everyone, and then all of a sudden, boom, I'm never going there again. I didn't get to say goodbye to nobody. Like, I just... I'm gone. And no one even knows really why. And then people don't believe me. Oh, well, he got in trouble, blah, blah, blah. He was a juvenile. He was on probation. Like, that kid was always high. Yeah, you were kind of labeled almost like a delinquent. And it's crazy, because then it's like, you talk to individuals, and it's like, nah, like, we were cool. We had fun. Like, you know? So... I was already like, I might as well try this because if I work hard, I'm, I don't want to just end up like my parents because they're working real hard, but they're still working really hard. And you, you see people that made it. They're and, working hard with no end in sight. Yeah. And it's like, you see people that made it, they take a chance for something bigger and get it. And like, yeah, it's kind of a gamble and that's kind of that risk, whatever your risk appetite is. And I was okay with taking a lot of risk because I had already gotten in trouble. So like, okay, I got arrested twice. I got kicked out of school. Like I lost all my friends. People didn't believe me. Okay. Okay. What else? You know what I'm saying? Let's go. Let's keep going. So I got lucky with the crypto and I was only in that house. that was like toxic for like six months, but you know, cycles repeat. And when you're in a school that's lower income, a lot of people date at a young age, move in together right after high school. And like, that's it. And so there's a lot of toxic relationships where that was normal. So like I was with other around other relationships that were toxic and I thought that was normal. So in the back of my mind, that's changing my self image because I almost feel like, oh, well, that's where I'm from. That's how I'm supposed to be. Like, of course, I'm in a toxic relationship. Everyone else around me was. We're from the hood. Like, you know what I'm saying? That's just what there is. No one respects us. No one really cares what we do. And we're always in trouble. If it's my word versus someone else, they're going to take someone else even when I could prove that I was right. Like, I can prove I didn't drink. I can prove I didn't do that. They're not going to believe me. They don't like my image. They don't like something about me. So whatever, I might as well do whatever I want. You know what I'm saying? And that invites crime around you. That invites drugs. And by 18, I was getting into more drugs like cocaine, um, Molly. But really, it was the coke that started getting the problem. And in the service industry, like the restaurants and stuff, it's really... An excessive industry that no one really talks about, but people are drinking Red Bull, they drink coffee, they do some lines, you know, then they drink another Red Bull, 
all to serve people food. It's so crazy. And so again, that's around me. And these are the people that are respecting me. So I see them and I'm like, well, in high school, they told me if I smoke weed, this, this, this would happen and none of that happened. So clearly if they was wrong about that, they're probably not wrong about, or they're probably not right about Coke, especially when I see people that are doing Coke, really nice people own their own houses, are they seem High happy and you know but everyone's different like they can handle that and like there's i love all those people they're great people but like that's kind of was like okay maybe it's not as bad as what other people see because i started seeing it all around me but then i don't really think i got into it the way other people did because i really got into it where i became really functioning i was working two jobs going to university and then like, okay, you have parties and stuff and people do drugs, but it was like when everyone would leave is when I would really go hard. So mm-hmm. when I'm by myself. So ain't nobody really know that I was like hitting the like Coke like that. Um, and then I'm always recovering, you know. And again, in the back of my mind, it's okay. Ah, oh, man, you know, I was the kid that got arrested. I, I was, no one was believing me. I was dirty. I would show up sweaty because I didn't have a car. Like, I, I you know whatever i of course i do coke like that's just i'm from the hood like my my relationship was toxic and violent this that this and it was like i i knew i could do better but there was still that part of me because of how everything i went through that was like no this is what i deserve this is how i'm supposed to be living because that's how it is you know i knew way more junkies than business owners i didn't even know business owners at the time now that i think of it yeah (laughs) i didn't know a single business owner back then so yeah that was weird and it's like i finally you know i'm working at ocean prime now and i'm at usf i did finish htc and i'm at the university and it's just i'm not it sucks i'm working 50 hours a week i have four classes and then if i'm not like high i'm like i have headaches or something i'm recovering and i just did not like that and it took another year or so before i was able to go clean after like a good summer of partying um, I decided like I wanted to go clean up. It was like I made it to university and now I wasn't getting financial aid. So now I'm paying out of pocket. I'm like, this is for real. I made it so far. I don't want to lose all my progress because I'm getting high. So I go clean and, and I didn't have Kratom or Kava back then. It was just, okay. So how old are you at this point? I don't mean to so cut you off. I, I am just want to keep our timeline. The timeline. Yeah. Now I am 21. So between okay, so now you're legal. Are you still stealing at this point, or is that? Oh no! When I got arrested for stealing, that was it. I I never stole again. Okay, cool, cool. cool. Because like no, the the weed I could. I was like, I don't think I should get arrested for weed. Yeah. But with the stealing, not bro. Well, and what's funny about that? Well, I should have got arrested. Maybe as a minor, you would still get arrested, but now it's decriminalized. You just get like a ticket. Well, that's the thing, and then but I don't want to get into a a weed rabbit (laughs) hole. Well, no, but that's what I'm saying. It's like I noticed when kids in like the suburbs or kids like that or the sons of lawyers or stuff like that when they get in trouble for weed or when they got in trouble for drugs they're troubled or something none of them got arrested but then all of us kids that were on the skateboards and stuff on our own without our parents around they treated us like trash like i had a girl like when i got arrested the second time the cop literally told me i was gonna amount to nothing like with his chest he has a gun like on, like in my eyesight, I'm a kid, like with a flower in my pocket, and you're telling me I'm not gonna be anything, bro. Like that's scary. What What do you mean I'm not gonna be anything? Like why would you say that? You take away my freedom, like literally. You hurt my wrist. You throw me in a car, and you're like, you're not gonna be nothing. Like 
Did that make you feel like a big strong man? That made me. That made me feel like shit. I was like, damn. Yeah, but no, I just I tried mean, to. I keep... mean, to the cop, like. Yeah, and that, that just... made you feel like a big man bullying this kid. I just kept my chin up, and I was like, whoa. But and I didn't believe him, but still, I was like, I know they're wrong, but the fact that this is happening to me means that enough people think they're right. And same with Simone. I've seen Simone get arrested again. First self-made millionaire I know, but. When like when people are treating you bad, even if you know you don't deserve it, it's like okay, well, if I really didn't deserve it, it wouldn't be happening to me, you know. And I never, I don't even think I ever verbalized that, but that was the feeling. So like when I'm doing coke, it's like of course I'm doing coke. Like I'm a loser. Or I'm this. I'm not gonna amount to nothing. Damn, I never even said this out loud, but yeah, you know that was definitely there. So when I go clean. I couldn't drink coffee anymore, which was crazy because I'm Dominican and I've been drinking black coffee with my dad since I was like 11 or 12. In the morning, if we drank it, it was to wake up. And then I didn't really like sweets, but after dinner, it would be dessert. Mm-hmm. I would just drink a black cup of coffee and it would not keep me up. It was like my body knew how to use it. Mm-hmm. But then after quitting Coke, it just never was the same. When I would drink it, I would just feel very anxious. My brain would feel like dry. I don't know if that makes sense. My brain doesn't feel wet right now, but. When I would drink it, my brain would feel like a dry sponge. Like it was like hmm. malnourished or something. Yeah. Horrible feeling. And I was like, dang, I really need something to study with. Because I like having my cup of coffee and doing homework. And then that's how I found about Kava Bars. Because I was able to study there since COVID had the library closed early. So now I'm at the Kava Bar. And now I'm clean for real. I'm like, whoa. I'm meeting people that are clean. And it's cool because no one's talking about being clean. We're just hanging out. Like I'm doing my homework. You know, people are playing chess, playing piano. I'm learning how to DJ. We're all doing stuff. We're all, and there's no alcohol there. There's no weed around me. There's no coke around me. And, you know, months goes by and I'm like clear headed. I'm like, this is awesome. So I couldn't even say when I quit coke. I don't know what day I quit. It's like, I just quit. One and, day you were just done. And it never, I, people have done it around me since and I've never had any temptation. Like, it's not, there's no trigger. There's no anything. It like sucks. I don't want that shit. Yeah. So like, but it's the same with like coffee. Like even when I try coffee, I really can't have it anymore. And it's like, I know when I'm done with something. So it was cool because now I'm doing the Kava bar and I get a internship at an accounting firm and they're paying me 25 an hour. So I get that job, which was crazy. Cause at the time I had straight C's because when I was at the community college on that scholarship, I had to be on honor roll. So I was A's and B's. I had a full-time job. That was fine. But when I went to USF, the university, I thought I could do the same thing, but the classes are more intense. So it's not that I didn't get it. I didn't have the time to get it. I didn't have the time to do it the way I did HCC. Mm -hmm. So I've got straight C's. I'm working 50 hours a week and doing four classes of upper accounting. And when I go to the job like interview or the job fair and give them my resume, I, I tell them that I'm like, I work two jobs. If I didn't, I'd be doing better. And because of my resume, and they even told me that there was only a few other people that applied to, but they said because of my resume, they gave me a shot. I also told them I love Tampa. They were opening a Tampa office and I was the first Tampa intern. I have an 813 tattoo on my wrist. And I was literally like, look, I love Tampa. See? So they gave me a shot and overnight that changed my life. I was able to get a 25 hour a job on paper. And it wasn't going to start until January. So right before I turned 22, this was in like October at that time. So I was able to get a house, the house I rent now 
because I got the employment letter from them. Because the the landlord was literally like, look, dude, I know you work at Ocean Prime. I was making like 2800 or something. I was making good money, like 100 a shift or something. And the rent was only 11 But because it was cash tips, I couldn't really do shit. I had credit, but like a lease to a 20-year-old, 19-year-old wasn't, wasn't happening. Or I guess, yeah, 21-year-old, my bad. So, oh, wait, no, this is 20. So... The internship, the first internship, I still was doing drugs, just not as much. It was mm-hmm. that internship I took very seriously. And then it was that summer I like redid everything and gotcha. then went. So I got the timeline wrong. It was 19. Well, I mean, we are reaching back a bit now. So like it, it, these things happen. Yeah, I'm sorry. Is this too long? No. Okay. Cause Keep on going. I got the internship. I am like gripped in this story right now. <laughs> thank you. Um, the intern, I, I called the landlord and was just like, look, sir, please give me a shot. I want to get away from parties. I want to get. So at the point that you're talking to the landlord, you are clean or not clean? It wasn't as bad as it was that summer. I was probably, we were, we were migrating towards getting clean. Yeah. Because I was trying to get like a good job. Yeah. And also I was trying to get serious with my, uh, ex because Mm. she wanted to get married, which I'm glad that didn't happen. But I literally was like, I don't want to do that while I'm a cokehead. Yeah. And so I started cleaning up and I wanted to get another job. So there, cause it wasn't the full 18 to 21 I'm doing coke all the time, but it'd be like months. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, I do it once, but like, eh, not just once. So I get that the house I rent because I tell the landlord, look, I want to get away from drugs. I want to get away from parties. I want to have my, I don't want to make compromises. I work really hard and I want to go through school and I'll do better if I live alone. I can pay a few months up front. I couldn't. I could pay a few months up front, like, please give me a shot. And he did. And I, because I went on the county appraiser and found the number of the owner. So I didn't, I, I, it was someone above the company. So, like, if I would have just applied, I wouldn't have got it. I called the person, like, on the property website because um, someone had taught me that. I forget who. Oh, my tax, someone in tax taught me, like, you can look up on the county appraiser. So that was really crazy because. He respected me. He gave me a shot, even though I'm not even 21. And this was before the boom in Tampa. So that also put that into effect. That would not happen now. No way. So he locked me in. And that really made a difference because now I have my own space. I know I'm only working for myself. I'm not making compromises. And now I'm going to get real money on paper. And that first paycheck changed my life overnight. In like a few months, I made 14 grand. And I was able to save that money for the rest of the year. And during that summer after the first internship, now I'm 21, I was still doing drugs that summer. I would do Molly, ketamine, Coke. That was the summer I started my first business, Sandwich FM, which was my DJ business. So because it was the pandemic, DJ shit was cheap. Mm -hmm. I bought the CDJs, which are the digital turntables from someone who was closing their DJ business because of the pandemic. So what would normally have been $6,600 was 36. And it was in like pristine condition. I had about five grand saved still from the internship. I went to the bank that I had the five grand saved at. And I was like, look, I got this five grand, but will you give me a business loan for four grand so I can buy this equipment and I'll rent it out for 150. And because of my credit, they did. I got that loan. I didn't have to spend the five grand. And then I was able to keep that for USF. So in the, in another reason I went clean too was after that summer, where, okay, I started DJ business, all the DJs are over, we're having fun. Now I'm going to school August to December that year and I'm not working. 
So for the first time in my life, I'm in school and not working. And I felt so privileged and lucky. I was like, I just go to, like, I just do school. I wake up and do my class. I don't have to worry about working 40 hours. Like I rent out my DJ equipment and like, everything's good. That kind of covered food, you know, whatever. But like the real bills were paid. So I couldn't believe it that I was clean around clean people. And I was like clean, clean, like there was nothing. And I was like, holy shit, I'm a student. I'm one of those students that doesn't work. That's crazy. So then I get to go back into and the- And this is when you're like getting into kava bars, right? Yep. yep. I was at the kava bar every day doing my homework, clean, not working. It was crazy. So then I go back to the internship, take the semester off again. And now with that internship, I'm like, okay, let me now use all my money to invest. So what's crazy is when I took that sem- uh, semester off to do the internship, I still took one class, the accounting internship class, where all we do is every week we write like a reflection of the week. So the first week of that class, what do you want from this internship? What do you want from accounting? Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, you know, I liked accounting class and this is not the end for me. This is just a means to an end. I don't know what I wanna do. I just know I wanna have passive income so that I can pursue my own passions. I'm a DJ, I already own a DJ business. I'm a pianist and I want financial freedom. Like I wanna be able to do stuff and it'll make me money, but I'm not doing it because it makes me money. But I don't know what it is. So for now, I'm cool with accounting. I want to get a, uh, you know, experience here so that in a few years I can get my CPA, do that a little bit. And before I know it, hopefully one of my investments will be good. And then I can maybe open a club. At the time, I wanted a club, Club Sandwich. I thought that was a natural evolution from Sandwich FM, Club Sandwich. But and I wrote that in my university class. Like there is no way to get a fail this assignment if you just don't try. Like you just don't try. So. I was like, yeah, I would open a club if I could right now. And he was like, this is really interesting. That was what the professor said. Fast forward to the last reflection. How far are you along on your goals? What do you think of the internship? Well, one of my investments blew up and I just bought a kava bar. So I quit my internship. So running back (laughs) at the start of January of 2021, I had about three grand from that internship that I put into a coin and then by March and it was actually on my literal birthday. So I had three grand in January. By February, it was like seven grand. Then I put all seven grand into one coin thinking, okay, if I lose it all, I'll just make it again, whatever. But I have a good feeling. So I put it in this coin that is like eight tenths of a cent, all $7,000, which is really stupid. So don't like, that was stupid. But whatever. So don't try this at home. Uh, yeah, not now. I don't know. So it was like 0.8 of a cent, eight tenths of a cent, which is like ridiculously small and nothing and really, really risky. Every time it moves a tenth of a cent, I'm losing over a tenth of my money because of that math. Whatever the math. That gave math. me anxiety just hearing. Yeah, so talk it, about doing the scary if it, thing. If it goes <laughs> from 0.8 cents to 0.7 cents, my seven grand is at is six grand or something like that. So basically like a week later, that seven grand was like $3,500 because it died. So because it died? <laughs> now remember, it's, it was eight tenths of a cent. I was like, whatever, that seven grand is 35. I'm not going to sell this. I already lost that money. I'm already making more money than I need. All my bills are paid. My tuition's paid. I'm going to set a sell order for two cents. If it ever hits two cents, maybe in a year, it'll hit two cents and I'll get my money back and a lot more. Well, my birthday is March 20th. So this was February. It went from 
January, three grand. February, seven grand. A week later in February, 3,500. My birthday is March 20th. I w- and I forgot. I'm good. I forget. Like, I lost that money. It's burnt. I only put money in crypto if, like, I let it on fire. That was it. It was like buying drugs. It's done. That's gone forever. So, but, you know, but it might not be. Whereas buying drugs is gone forever. Yes. So, my birthday is March 20th. I turned 22. I got a notification on my phone. Sell order complete. And I'm tripping, bro. I'm tripping. I'm like, what? Because, like, there's no other sell orders out. I don't have money anywhere else. There's no possible thing. That shit hit two cents while I was sleeping. Jumped, went all the way up to 2.1. But because it hit two, as soon as it hit two cents, it sold. Hit 2.1. It's never gone over a cent again. That shit crashed, like, the next day. So I wake up on my birthday, on my 22nd birthday, I have 17 grand in my investment account. And it's not in crypto, it's in USD. It's not Bitcoin, Ethereum, it's USDT. It's in literal crypto. And and now I'm like, well, I call my brother, I'm like, bruh, I just made 10 grand. But really, I made like 14. But I was like, dude, I just woke up with 10 grand. Like, what? And he was so happy for me, it was awesome. And then instead of cashing out, I was like, oh, I got bread now. So let me do that again. And so 17 grand, I got four grand, four grand, four grand, put it here, there, there. A week or so later, I had like 30. And I'm like, okay. And now still, I haven't seen this in my bank account, give it, and I haven't held it, but it's in USDT. I'm at the Kava bar I was always studying at, and someone's on Facebook Marketplace. At the time, I didn't have Facebook, but I will say Sandwich FM, I bought the DJ equipment off Facebook Marketplace. So my first business was from a really good experience on Facebook Marketplace, cool. Someone's joking. One of the few people I told how much I made because I didn't want to be treated different or nothing. One of the few people I told how much I made, he was like, ha ha, look at this. Kava bar for sale, $25,000. You should get it. I was like, bro, <laughs> yeah, I should. And like two days later, I had the keys. It happened so oh my God. fast. Happened so fast. And I remember calling my friend Simone because she's really smart. And she, I, I already bought it. But like she was asking the right questions I definitely did not think about. She's like, well, do you got to pay the water? I was like, uh, she was like, do you know if it's a septic tank or city sewage? I was like, uh, why did it close? I was like, uh, <laughs> did you see a tax return or a bank statement? I was like, no. She was like, oh my, you bought it, didn't you? I was like, yeah. <laughs> so I remember I showed up, I went to the bank and I got the money. I had 25 grand in my hand and I want my friend Hannah, who I also knew since I was high school, but it was crazy. I went to the bank with my friend. But when I went to buy it, I came by myself, which was like, and I didn't realize how crazy that was until I got out of my car. I was like, holy shit, I have $25,000 in my backpack. And like, I could just get jumped. You know what I'm saying? This is a Facebook marketplace ad. I could just walk in there and like, they just give me the backpack. Yes, sir. And I'm out. <laughs> like, bro. So that's how I ended up with the Kava bar. And... I remember the owner, like, the last owner just had another business, so he couldn't be here. And he sent in the old manager, um, a few of the old regulars. There weren't that many regulars. It closed, but they came in, and everyone really helped me. And it was like, okay, this is what I do now. And I didn't know what I was doing. And what's cool is everyone who's here now, like, pretty much no one I knew. All my friends are super supportive, but it's all new people now in my life with Ritual. And... My thing was that I even said it was like, well, I ain't got shit going on. I just got school. I don't got a wife. I don't got kids. I don't have like 
a, a house to lose. I don't have anything to lose here except money. We live in Florida and I kind of understand what bankruptcy is. Not really. I just know it's not that serious. Like, especially if I'm 22. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, if this crash and burns within a year, I lost a year. I'll have my degree in a year. I'll just go back. I, again, I'll do it again. This is no different than the crypto. If I lose all the money, I lose all the money. And I got to say, LOL, I, I tried opening a kava bar. You know, a, a lot of my stories in my life were literally just because, wouldn't it be funny if we did this? And then we just do it. And it's hilarious. And it's fun. So now... That's what happens when you live a brave life. Well, and also, because it's like brave, lucky, and it's just that getting put down so young, it was almost like I didn't really have much more to lose when you yeah. were already at the... when. Even if you're not at the bottom, if you're made to feel you're at the bottom, like, you have to li- you where have, else am I going? You only have the world to gain. Exactly. So then it became a mental game. So now it's like, I realized, however, whatever I treat myself is what's going to happen to me with the business. So it's like setting my own boundaries, not letting other people get looked down upon or stuff. And it's like, if I would see someone think they can treat someone some type of way, it'd get me really upset. But again, at the beginning, especially, it did not look like how I wanted it in here. I didn't even have my own sign. No one's taking me serious. It's kind of like, oh, you gambled and you bought this. Like, you know, it was kind of cool to the people that knew me, but to strangers and shit, it's like, oh, okay, kid, like you need help. Or like, let me do this. Like so many people wanted to like leech from me. And at least I was aware enough to know that. But still, again, you don't see that at a lot of places. And it's like, oh, it's because I'm younger than you. I'm smaller than you. I'm a different culture than you. Like you think you got something to share with me. But really, you're just trying to take advantage of me because you perceive a weakness that's not there, mm-hmm. you know? It's predatory. It is. And it's like, you're only doing that because you see that I'm young and I'm being completely vulnerable and honest with you. Whereas, like, literally, people in my family were like, don't tell people you're the owner. You'll get some shit. And they were right. But also, like, nah, bro, I'm the owner. <laughs> like, nah, like, hold on. So, at the beginning, you know, weird stuff will happen in here. People would be disrespectful to other people and i didn't have a voice i didn't really know how to like be like that can't happen here because i didn't take my i didn't realize i wasn't taking myself serious it was always kind of like haha isn't it kind of funny the stoner ended up doing this or isn't it kind of funny like i was tweaking in school like you know it was never like oh i'm good at this or it, it was always like there was an excuse for whatever i was doing so and it was really only until like the last few months that i realized like no actually i know what i'm doing and i can say that it's okay and even talking with my friend simone it was like no one knows she's popping off like that she owns multiple properties uh like a trailer park home storage unit this is like my best friend like we would be on the street together no phone we take the city bus we figure out oh we're lost well we're gonna figure out how to get home because what else are we gonna do like we had to figure everything out on our own oh we're hungry and we don't have money let's go steal but that stopped pretty early on mm-hmm. um that was more like 14 15 that was before drugs um so it was crazy because it's, it's parallel too. seeing people you came up with that are very like-minded we what's normal to us like well we, we're so used to our stuff getting pushed down like whatever we accomplish oh yeah but but this but that so we're like what's normal to us doesn't seem normal to other people but we had a twisted self-perception where we're like we're not doing enough or we're not good enough or it's like people treated us this way you know and it's like hard to think they were all wrong 
But we knew they were wrong and we would tell each other, we'd be very encouraging to each other. But still in the back of their mind, like, no, I got humiliated in front of the whole school. I got kicked out for something I didn't do. I had to go to alternative school, you know. Then in uh, King, I did get suspended in King a few times and I'd get isolated. And it's like, so I'm late to school and now you're gonna isolate me more. I went to the alternative school a few times because that's the alternative to uh, out of school suspension. So you keep your credits. And they treated us like trash in there. It was like, you guys are the worst kids. Like, if you're here, you suck, like, basically, you know? That almost feels like brainwashing. It was so weird. And then we're not allowed to, like, think. I remember an in-school suspension, you're just supposed to sit there. They wouldn't let me read. I couldn't read, bro. Like, yo, you got a kid who's asking to read. And you're telling me I can't read. Bro. And what's crazy is, while I got suspended at King, I actually played piano for the musical. Long story short, my piano teacher, when she saw the music, she was like, Andrew, you have to get paid for this. This is like a 300 page book. You have to get paid for this. I offered to do it instead of doing the normal class. Like I was like, yo, Miss Chazon. I took theater because that was the only elective available. I didn't know I had to pick it. And me and one other senior were the only seniors, me and this girl, were the only seniors in this class because we forgot to pick our electives and so i was like one of the assignments was lip singing it was like a lip singing dance by the way this girl is like a rapper now and she's so gangster it's hilarious that we were in this class who is she her name is tria g tria g so yeah is she on on soundcloud is she on apple yeah yeah see i i I know she on instagram i don't know her like stuff i just see it every now and then it's funny because we were nice people like we might have looked a little rough to people but like as soon as we started talking he's like okay you're nice to us like yeah. so basically for her, what she said was look miss chazon i don't want to do lip singing either i'll be the janitor so basically every class she just cleaned up she got her credit and i was like look i'm not going to do the lip singing can i play piano and so i didn't know how this works but again my piano teacher also taught me to respect myself andrew it doesn't matter that you're a kid or a student at the high school you are learning this music you are giving them a service. And if they don't pay you, they're going to have to pay the people to play the CD. You can't throw a school musical without paying for the CD. I didn't know that. But yeah. Copyright. Exactly. So they're going to have to pay someone. And when I told Miss Chazon, the theater teacher, she was like, whoa, I agree. That was a good job, Andrew. Yeah, I'll get you paid. So I got a check from King High School for $300. A week later, I was suspended. It was crazy. Like, <laughs> I, had to, I had so many people on my side, but then it was like... Certain administration people were not on my side. The principal wanted to get me expelled because of how all my past record, juvenile record, everything. And one of the last suspensions, an AP came to my mom's house on his own because I got detained by the cop. They tried to search me for drugs. I didn't have drugs. Again, I did not have drugs on me. I said that. They searched me because they didn't believe me. They even searched my shoe, which that was smart. Because if I did have drugs, it would have been in my shoe. So that was real smart. I was like, I'm glad I was honest this time. So they let me go. And I don't get picked up by my parents. I just skateboard, bike home. So I'm walking home like, holy shit. And they, the AP shows up. Miss Cabrera, they want to expel your son. Apparently, the cop wasn't supposed to let me go yet. And Mr. Higgins did not like that. He was like, they always trying to get rid of kids in school. You guys need to be in school like... He showed up on his own time right after school, drove down the street to my mom's house, gave her the papers to send me to alternative school again. So I did alternative school for 10 days. I didn't get expelled. Fast forward, I ran into him at Bula with Simone. With Simone. So the he, self-made millionaire. Yes. So he sees 
the two trouble kids that are always getting in trouble. Everyone knows the stoner. We show up high, but we were smart enough to like not do that shit there. And oh, Simone's going to a prestigious all-girls school and has her own business. I have a DJ business and an accounting job. We're both at this kava bar, not drinking, not doing drugs, doing work. It was so crazy seeing them. It was like, yo, you're the reason I'm still here, Mr. Higgins, you know? So that was really cool. But yeah, so the administration tried to expel me pretty much a week after I got paid because my piano teacher, a single woman with three daughters who has like the best piano class in Tampa, she opened all the doors for me at HCC and USF. Just by saying her name, I got into the music stuff. That's amazing. Like they didn't even audition me. Oh, okay. You miss Grissom student word. So she taught me that. That was the self-respect. Like, I deserve to get paid. I deserve that. So even though I had people at the top putting me down, there were still people throughout my whole life that were like, no, like, don't take that. Mm -hmm. But, you know, even though their voice was loud, the actions of being isolated were louder to me. Mm -hmm. So when I got now to Ritual, all of that comes into play because I see bad things happening to other people super triggering to me because it's like oh the only reason you feel comfortable invading this person's privacy calling this person out of their name yelling throwing something at them banging on my window to the shop is because you think that nothing bad's gonna happen to you or you think that we're weaker than you or you're just crazy something either way i want the story to be known that like someone tried to do that so much and we did something about it even if it's just banning them Mm -hmm. which is really not a big deal at all it's a private business however by doing that not only does it build up my own self-confidence it it set a standard in the business where people now know how to act because like like that shit will happen you you will be gone and then you get to miss out on this place because it's an honor to serve everyone but it's an honor to be served by me and that's what my piano teacher was trying to tell me that's what the music pastor was trying to tell me well and what you've built here is so cool um if you're in tampa bay you got to be here uh, but like what you've developed, like with the DJs and the events that you host and the community that you've built and just the vibe of here, like even like how it's decorated, like even now, like how it's like evolved into Oof. what it is. It is and just been honestly, it's been a privilege to watch. Like, it's you. really cool. It's crazy because like people can seem skeptical, but I, it's really not about the money. The thing is peace, community, health and wealth. And even though there is the wealth aspect, that's more of an abundance where there is no monetary value. It's right. the, the abundance of I can do something the right way. I can provide a good value because I trust even if it doesn't make me money back, I'm still going to be fine. There's still going to be ways to make money and I could lose everything tomorrow and I'm happy with how I ran things, you know. And so that's very freeing because if I was worried about money, I couldn't ban people. I couldn't do a lot of things. I couldn't throw a free event every month. I want to be around people. And I know a lot of people want to be around people. I was isolated for so long. For me, the money is getting to be with people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Getting to be around colors and like be happy and laugh and dance and do fun stuff. So that's really it. And then that's really peaceful. Like I somehow it all fell purpose, like it purposefully or perfectly. It fell mm-hmm. perfectly that now I get to be safe, help other people feel safe. And we all help each other. We all bounce off each other's energy. And it's like, I used to be surrounded by like literal convicted felons that are like, that were drug dealers, all this stuff. They would even say they have nothing to lose. 
and these weren't friends or nothing. This was just like I don't even know how I ended up in people these around, situations. Like barely. I didn't know any business owners. I didn't know yeah. anything. And now it's like all I know is business owners. Everyone's doing something. I know a lot of creative people. I know a lot of happy people, healthy people. It's crazy. Like when I was in the hood doing drugs and stuff, even just buying nice water was like, oh, oh, you think you're fancy? Oh, like blah, blah, blah. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. but then you buy a four loco and no one bats the eye. Yeah. That's crazy. So, you know, I don't know how much of it was internal that changes the external or the external that changes the internal. Cause I can't really tell you what changed first because it, looking back on it now, it feels like it just happened so perfectly. Mm-hmm. But in the moment, it was really just like, I know I don't want to live like this. I want to live differently. I don't know what that looks like yet because I haven't done it. So I don't know what to expect. I just know I'm not trying to be around a bunch of crack dealers. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, bro? Like, I love that. I don't want to be around people that like... Well, it's almost one of those you don't know what you don't know, but you know that if you want something to change, you have to do something you've never done before. Yeah, and it's like... Which is kind of beautiful because it fits exactly with what we've been talking about in the podcast lately with, um, you know, fear mindset, living in fear, making decisions or not making decisions based on fear. And if you're unhappy, you got to just move and i don't mean physically move like yeah like, i mean maybe that's the case but I, I don't mean that in the literal i mean that in like the philosophical like you have to shift well, and something like, and sometimes you don't know what that shift is but but you got to do something mm-hmm. and like even school like they really made me think like i was like how are you gonna tell me i can't go to school bro like i want to go to school why would i lie about that like, just because I smoke weed and skateboards, you think I don't want to be in school? Like, bro, I was alone for so long. Yeah. Like, okay, I'll be honest. I'm really not learning much here, y'all. This is really easy shit, you know? Because I didn't take the hard classes. I didn't want to. I was trying to just, like, have fun. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I took college serious. You know? Yeah. I took college serious. But high school, I was like, this is like a giant playpen. Well, in high school, you're almost not even old enough to understand the gravity of it. And now that I'm an adult and know most other adults other than maybe that pivotal moment of getting into the school that you need to get into to do the whatever and even then it's not as big of a deal as people think it is it is not that important Mm-mm. i know people that got, took all ap classes 4.0 gpas ridiculously high top performers some of them are stay-at-home moms I am not knocking that, to be perfectly clear. That is great. If that is your heart mission and that sets your soul on fire, go off queen. I'm here for it. Or go off king, as it may be. Who knows? Um, Yeah, I'd be a stay-at-home dad. But, like, (laughs) can you imagine doing all those ridiculously hard classes and pouring your heart and soul and brain and body into that? And then, in the end, you didn't need any of it? I I mean, it's just a lot of of unnecessary stress on young bodies well and that's the thing too it was almost like they didn't so like, like I, I say i guess i say that to say i don't begrudge you for making that decision well, in high school and they didn't like that i didn't care mm-hmm. and it's like i didn't realize i'm dominican like my parents whether they admit it or not i mean my dad would but like they were raised on the island their parents are from the island so like watching my dad take everything easy we don't look at the clock what the sun's up the sun goes down you know what i'm saying like island time exactly and i really get that now but i still want to be respectful with time and whatnot but it's just crazy because a lot of the 
issues were just, were just that they weren't trying to understand me as an individual. They wanted me to like fit in with everyone else. And so when I didn't, it was a problem. And then it's like, okay, well, instead of dealing with you, isolate you. However, most of my actual teachers knew it. Mm-hmm. They visited me here. They always encouraged me. Even I'm not- it's so cool that you have a business where they get to see how successful you yeah, are my, on the other side. My and teacher couldn't believe there was no alcohol here. That's amazing. He probably seen me more messed up than like I remembered. Because yeah. I would always be lit in school. And but, I think it's cool too. And I don't think that it's any coincidence in the universe that you also... And I, I don't really want to get into like a Kratom loophole. Because I think that'll be another conversation for another time. But I love that you get to build a community where you're helping people that also want to get clean that you're a chapter in their story what? for that too. And I think that that is, that just, and even it, more, it, it almost makes me like almost emotional to think about it. Cause I relate to that so hard on a different, yeah, with the in a, it, yeah in, a, in a different perspective that like just really lights my soul up for you. Like well, that's, that's so beautiful. And it's way more than the Kratom because plenty of people don't drink it. What the real thing for me at Bula was, was that Bula Kava Nada, that was the Kava bar I was talking about. I wasn't, we weren't talking about getting high. We weren't talking about not getting high. People next to me weren't drinking coffee and they're drinking coffee or whatever. We're all hanging out and like. It's the clean, it's the dry community. That's all I. And I mean dry in the sense of not using substances. I think about, yeah. And I think about the most fun I had with my friends was when like, yeah, okay, a gram of weed spread five people. You know what I'm saying? It's more just to say we did it. We're having fun because we're out in the world by ourselves. And we had so much fun. And when we all started doing drugs, that's actually kind of when we all kind of like started going on in separate ways because we're all doing different types of drugs. The person on acid is not trying to hang out with the person on Xanax. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So we're like, now we're all cool. But it's crazy because all I ever wanted to do was hang out. Literally. And we're that's looking for community. That's why, yeah. That's why I liked school because I could hang out. And... So it's cool. That's it. That's my job now. Yeah. I just chill here. You know, I put in a lot of love. I do brew the creative and kava, but plenty of people that have gone clean or never did drugs or used to do drugs won't ever drink kratom, won't ever drink mm-hmm. kava. And some people who have never done drugs, I mean, myself included, not that I, I want to make sure to be very clear. I do not ju- judge anybody who has struggled with addiction. Of course not. And I'm sure that there are people that have come into my life through different avenues that have struggled with that and if they're listening to this i want them to know that i love them no matter what that's not conditional with that said um i've never struggled with drugs i've never tried drugs i've never experienced it that's just not part of my story and Mm. lots of other faults in my life (laughs) well you know whatever Mm -hmm. call it faults or whatever you want to call it um but i've never done any of that and i am definitely a creative user (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, I, I hate to even say user, but I, I enjoy Kratom. I enjoy the way that I make my drinks. I enjoy that it's a much safer alternative to managing some different things. And again, I don't want to... This is a little bit foreshadowing because I really would love to do an episode um, talking about Kratom and why, as a CrossFitter, I pick Kratom for different things um, and why it's such a safer alternative to, like, C4, for instance, as a pre-workout or... Oof. Yeah. Um, you know, why it's better than taking two Advil every night before bed, like why it's safer to, 
you know, have a four ounce Kratom than it is to take a Tylenol because I'm sore. Like one day we will have that conversation. Today's not that day, but. And four ounce of liquid, not that's, which is only. Yes. Yeah. We're, three we're talking grams. liquid. Yeah. Very, yeah. very <laughs> little, very little. Three grams. But my, my digressing, my whole point to that is just. You've created an environment that is very inclusive. You know, you've got teas and lemonades with all kinds of fun flavors and stuff for people that don't want to partake in that. Yeah, not even, like, if they don't want caffeine. Yeah. You know, when you have... This is such an inclusive community. You have something for everyone. You even have an environment for people that aren't coming in and don't feel like having a beverage, which most people will order something, right? As they should, um, but, like, especially I've if been there, too. Like, yeah, you know, like, they just want to come in and be around everybody, and I can't blame them. Especially if they don't have a safe place. Yeah. Like, there's definitely times where I didn't have money where if I had a place to be, I'd rather have been there, you know? Yeah. And you never know. Their life might change very dramatically, and then all of a sudden, they're your highest-grossing customers. So you never know how being a part of their low chapter, where they'll... You know, where well, that, already, that'll come around to be a part of your high chapter. Even getting to be in their low chapter is a blessing. Like, yes. That's, I agree. Because I'm returning the favor for when I was in my low chapter. Yeah. Because, like, the people that helped me, encourage me, they probably didn't even think twice about it. Yeah. You know? Like, there's a lot of people I look up to that I've reached out to a little bit, but, like, they don't even know I have this place. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I was just, like, they were just nice to me when everyone else was being mean to me. Mm-hmm. You know? So... That's like I'm. I'm very happy to pass that forward. Yes. So, like a two-second blurb. How is Sandwich FM doing? Where's that at? Sandwich FM is good. Every full moon at Ritual, we do a free silent disco. I still have my DJ equipment getting rented out, but as I've been focusing on Ritual, I've taken a break from like putting myself out as a DJ. What's really cool is this DJ from Tampa as well, DJ Scum. He's probably a year or two older than me. I remember I would see him at rap shows when I was in high school, like rap shows in the hood. He went off the scene for like two years. He started a barber shop. And I remember... Here in Tampa? Yeah, yeah. What's the name of it? West Tampa. I forgot the name. I've been been there, but I didn't... I'll put it in the comments. I'll tag him on Instagram. I didn't get the... I haven't gotten a haircut there, but I've been there a lot. So... He, he has his own place now and he threw a rap it's thrown rap shows there and i remember going there and again this is one of those people that like we weren't super close he doesn't know like he might not realize how he's inspired me but it was cool okay here's someone from tampa i was seeing at these rap shows he got off the scene for a few years got on his shit now he can throw shows if he wants in his own spot he just went to poland recently like he's been djing like internationally and he's back on the scene and now he's got his own thing his own legit thing and I was like, damn, that's awesome. I could do that. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? So it's cool. And he he rents from Sandwich FM. So, like, I got... There was one rap tour where he rented the DJ equipment. And I got to go, and like, behind, like backstage and shit. You know, I was at this rap show. I provided the turntables for it. Mm-hmm. Because he hit me up. Because he knew I was from the same city. Mm-hmm. And I was like, whoa. I didn't even know I was on the radar like that for him. Yeah. So it's cool. cool. I was, yeah. Well, I am immensely proud of you. Where can people find you? How can they support your business, businesses? Um, what can we do to, you know, find you? Of course, I'm going to put all the information for Ritual Kava Lounge, like a little bit of a schedule of events and stuff. I will make sure that that's in our, not the comments, but like the, yeah. the blurbs on, well, the, so- on the socials. I know right now the Ritual Kava Lounge 
Instagram is taking a break. So I do know I that. It. So where else can we find you besides I even, just coming in? And I'm going to make sure that we tag like your geolocation so yeah, people yeah. can find you. So like, look, we got one new couch back there in a box. Like there's still so many things oh, about it. Wait. Yeah, there's things changing with Ritual. And I had so much support from the Kava tenders and friends. Like it felt really good taking it off social media. Somehow that like lifted something off my shoulders. Felt good. And the way it's been growing has been organic and like it'll be full in here. I don't know if like have you noticed, but it'll be fully packed in here. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And it's cool because it's almost like, oh, okay, someone brought you here. Like it's almost like a it's surprise. Almost it's to almost find. turning into like a speakeasy. Kind of, but it's cool. It's because... like a not hidden speakeasy. <laughs> yes. And it's very manageable. Like it's very much hashtag if you know you know. I'm the I'm the only brewer, so this keeps me like all of us are able to uh, sustain sustain and adapt yes you know but it's gonna come back and we have some really funny ideas so same with the sandwich stuff sandwich fm was never an instagram it just has pictures of the equipment that's for rent so people i get hit up from that from other djs and it's mostly just promoters my personal instagram is sandwich.813 and probably within the next six months or so is when i plan on getting more active again on social media because i have a lot of ideas but also i'm on such a good groove that just like how dj scum did no one heard from him at least i never saw anything from him for like two years mm -hmm. and then he comes back and now no matter what he's good he's got a business you know what i'm saying so yeah. it's like you know i, I kind of want to be on that wave i want to yeah. come back where i know okay I, it's not i don't know what i'm doing i know what i'm doing i'm good and now it's like this is just fun so I love it. You can find me behind the bar at Ritual. That's the best place to find me. I like me. it. And all that information, the address, the hours, uh, a schedule of events, all that good stuff. I will make sure that that's in the details, both in the podcast and on our, our social media platform so that you guys can find it. All good things. Well, I appreciate you. Thank and you. I love you so much. I love you too. And it has been such a privilege to get to be a part of this and do the bingo things that's always fun mm -hmm. but yeah tyler and i are both infinitely proud of you it's really you. cool what you've accomplished thank you yeah. and thank you for letting me share yeah my privilege my privilege all right guys well we got a lot of other stories to share this is worth it we will talk soon go be brave go do something go do something scary go do something scary today Unless it's bedtime, in which case, get a good night's sleep and do something scary tomorrow. It'll be good. It'll be good for you. Okay. We love you. Bye.